Okay, there we go. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. I've decided to learn some new skills, and today I thought I'd go to the reception area and get Barb to teach me, Barb on reception, how reception works. Okay, well, you'll see that the calls are coming up onto the switchboard in the yep. top left corner. Yep. Got to double click on the call coming in. Double click on it when it comes in. Yeah. Say hello, Triple M. Good afternoon, Triple M, or good morning, Triple M. Good morning, M. whichever yeah. it is. Yeah, time of Ask. the day. Perhaps how can I direct your call? And when you find out who they'd like to speak with... Put the call through. Yeah, type the person's name in, double-click, and it's... All right, leave it with me, Bob. I think I can get this done. Well, don't mess it up. Hello, Triple M. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, I want some tickets to a movie a couple of days ago. Somebody said they'd get back to me, but... Nobody's got back to you yet? No. Right, okay. Can I put you through to the complaints department? Maybe they can help you out? Okay, hold on. Yeah, thanks. Complaints. Um, yeah, hi. I want some tickets for a movie and... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. What was your name? Mitchell. Mitchell. And when did you win those? On Saturday night. Oh, it's probably still too early for complaints. I'll put you through to the ticketing department. Can you hang on? Yeah, thanks. Ticketing. Yeah, hi. I won tickets on Saturday night uh, for the movies. And for the movies, was it? Yeah, somebody said they'd call me. Um, yeah, sorry. You're going to need the administration department. Hang on. I'll put you through to those guys. Hold on a sec, okay? Yeah. Administration. Uh, I just want to get the tickets that I won. What two? Uh, the movie tickets. Movie t- Oh, right, that would be our promotions department. Can you hold on a sec? Mm. I'll just transfer you through. Promotions. Uh, I won some movie tickets on Saturday night. I've spoken to about six people so far. Oh, really? And, and none of them could help you? No. And what's your name? Mitchell. Uh, yeah, you would want our programming department. Hang on, I'll, just, I'll stick you through to those guys. Hold on, mate. You right to hang on? Yeah. Programming. This is the same guy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had me going, I wonder mate. how long we were going to be on this for, Mitchell, before you finally realised. <laughs> Can I have extra tickets now? Hang on, I'll put you through to the extra tickets department. Awesome, ugly fool rule. I was reading in the paper that there were talks about the price of cigarettes going up to $40 a packet, which sounds like it just could be a threat from, you know, the other political party. Yeah. Don't vote for us, cigarettes go up. But you know what? I don't know. Why people still smoke cigarettes? When you think about it, it just seems like such a crazy idea. But back in the 1940s and 50s, get this, doctors used to recommend and advertise cigarettes on the radio. It's true. You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. (laughs) And because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild, good-tasting cigarette, they're particular about the brand they choose. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was... Beeped out the name of the brand just to keep it safe. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke... ...than any other cigarette. See what a difference it makes in your smoking enjoyment. (laughs) See how mild and good-tasting a cigarette can be. Can you imagine going to the doctors and they say, get yourself a packet of Winnie Blues? I should have beeped myself there. So if cigarettes go to $40 a packet, that means the kids are not going to be able to afford those. So there's a song in that we wrote. We are the youth, you take our ciggies away. We 
we are the youth A pack of stivals only last one day That's no more cigarettes Past the year 2000 Yeah And what about women who roll their own cigarettes? I mean, that always just looks weird to me Hey, Gazzo's here with the Goss. I can't believe that Gwyneth Paltrow is featured on the new Coldplay album. And my question is, why? You, she didn't do a good job with Huey Lewis. How is she going to do a good job with Coldplay? You can have the house and the children, but I want to be on the next album. We know some of the best records have come from divorced couples, like, you know, Fleetwood Max, Tusk is an example. Oh, look, don't forget ABBA. ABBA, the wiener takes it all. But really, Chris, really? The track that she's on is called Everglow, um, and it's a ballad about a relationship's enduring spark. Well, that's the first lie. It goes like this. Everglow, (laughs) I've waited here for you. You to go. (laughs) (laughs) And it features the children and friends as part of the choir. Daddy ain't nothing but a scumbag. Mummy got the house. What makes it even more awkward, I don't know if you knew this, that Chris Martin's current girlfriend also features on the track. Oh, stop it. Yeah, I know, Annabelle. Oh. <laughs> Should we have a listen to Chris Martin lamenting over the loss of Gwyneth? It's quite sad, though. Is he really lamenting, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. Should we have a listen to it? Yeah, go on. I don't want to go through life being scared of it, being scared of love, being scared of rejection, being scared of failure. You know, about two years ago, I was just like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mess, really, because I... I can't enjoy the thing that we're good at because I'm burdened by this strange thing. That, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from, maybe from a teenageness of whatever. So it's like I've got to not blame anyone else and like make some changes. Gee, that brings a tear to the eye and a lump to the throat, doesn't it? Crikey. This from the man who uh, once dated Natalie Imbruglia. I never sure. did. She just tells, oh, you mean him, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's coming up next now? Mark Hoppus and Lincoln Park together. For the very first time. Can't wait to hear that. Sometimes when I'm sitting waiting for the lawyer to get to my case, I like to read magazines. And I read in Time magazine that apparently women can't do sound effects, noises with their mouths. So, uh, Michelle, let's get to you. How are you? Hi, how are you, Phil? Say hello to Dougie. Hey, Dougie. Myself. What are you playing hey. for, Dougie? Uh, Eagles of Death Metal sound pretty cool. I'm yeah. just checking them out, but awesome band name. Yeah, terrific. What about you, Michelle? Definitely a stasis from Dead Letter Circus. Okay, so I'll start with you, Dougie. I read in the paper that women can't make sound effects. No matter what they do, it's, you know, okay, they're good at giving birth and, you know, like the housework. But when it comes to sound effects, apparently they're no good at it. So, Dougie, give me a lawnmower. <laughs> I'm not so sure now. What about you, Michelle? Can I hear a lawnmower? <laughs> she definitely cut your grass there, Dougie. All right. Uh, Dougie, give me a siren. Was that you, Michelle? All right, Michelle, can I hear your one? It's probably going to be more manly. Yeah, to be honest, that sounded a bit like a hairdryer. So I'm going to give that one to Dougie. So really, that's one point each. So, you know, we could still be rescued here. Yeah. A helicopter. Okay. okay. No, not somebody jamming a helicopter using the latest advances in jamming technology. All right, can I hear a helicopter, Michelle? Which also can blend your cheese. How about I say the women took that out? They kicked our ass, Dougie! Oh, 
Well, I tell you what, mate, if, if they ever have a beautiful mullet contest, I'll win that one. Oh, yeah, and moustache, <laughs> November. Who's the daddy now? Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Michelle. Thank you. Good meaning to get to Joe Elliott from Def Leppard, who called through Friday night in the Rubber Room, uh, having done some amazing shows in Australia. And the only interview that they gave was to us. So we're quite happy and we feel quite important. Mr. Inappropriate. Maybe this leopard can't change his spots because it can't hear anyone telling him. It's Joe Elliott from Def Leppard on the Rubber Room. They were the biggest selling rock band of the 80s. They held the center ring of the rock and roll circus through a frenzied decade marked by stadium-sized excess. When you're the next biggest actor Michael Jackson and you've come out of nowhere, you can't expect to be level-headed. It's impossible. We were young enough to be naive enough to use that as an excuse for everything that we did. It was like we'd been like loose in a sweet shop. Joe. Oh, hello, Joe. It's Phil. How are you, man? I'm good. Is it good to be back on the road for you? I mean, we haven't been here since 2012 when we were essentially kind of promoting a live album, but it did have three new songs on it, and we, we did open with Undefeated, which has actually gone back in the set because it's becoming a popular song. But with the new album out and top five in, the, in, in Australia, it's great to be able to play a couple of new songs as well as the ones that you... Well, let's be honest, if you don't play, you don't get out of the building alive, yeah, you know? Of so We're always fans of playing what people want to hear, you know, because we want to hear it too. I mean, as fans of music in general, if I go and see McCartney or the, Beatles, the Stones, mm. I want to hear, like, Jumping Jack Flash or Eleanor Rigby or whatever it is. So yeah, you've got to mix old and new, and if we don't put some new in, then we just become a nostalgia act, and we don't want to do that. So seven years since songs from the Sparkle Lounge, and then you had yourself out of contract, did you immediately have a sense of freedom, a sense of almost liberation? Oh, it was like getting let out of jail. No, yeah. it was great. <laughs> you see, this album that we've just done is the first record we've ever made. And then we've been together for 30, well, re as a recording man for 35 years. It's the first record we've ever made that didn't have a reason. There was no, like, kind of hovering kind of spectre over your shoulder. Like, well, you know, even the first album, you're essentially recording what you've been playing live for a year before you were spotted by some record company guy. And you just record it and how it goes but even then you're doing it because you've signed a deal and they're expecting delivery by a certain date and by a certain budget and all this kind of stuff everybody always judges everything we do against hysteria and it was great to actually go in the studio and never even consider that record back with you in a sec mate thanks Bill appreciate it Joe Elliott from Def Leppard on the phone what was it that broke you internationally do you think from a worldwide point of view, it was obvious hysteria because um, it was just a massive album everywhere. It came out August 87 and it didn't hit number one in Australia till August 89. Wow, really? It really was a two year, it was like, what's all the fuss about this band? And then people started to play it and yep. Molly Meldrum and people like that were like asking us to come down. And all of a sudden, while we were actually in the studio making Adrenalize, yep. we get this phone call to the studio in Holland where we were going, we need you to come and tour down Australia. And it's like, well, we can't, we're in the middle of making an album. So we had to wait till 92 to come to Australia. We'd only ever been for three shows in 84, and we didn't mean anything. We played two little, we played Salinas, and we played the Narana Festival, the last ever one. You know, but we were playing for the two or three hundred people, because Panamania didn't really take off anywhere other than America and Canada. But in America and Canada, it was 
so big, the only thing that stopped it going to number one was Thriller. That's like fate, isn't it? I mean, you can have all of the ingredients, but also you've got to have such an element of luck. That becomes an obvious thing with hindsight. I mean, if you take a band like the Beatles, where nobody's ever going to question their talent, yeah. if it hadn't been for the fact that the guy at Decker turned them down, and that they ended up signing to Parlophone, and they were assigned this guy that normally did comedy records, just turned out to be Sir George Martin. Who knows what would have happened? And with the influence that you've had on so many acts, which one do you think has excited you the most? Be amazed how little we mean in the rock industry to musicians. There's not many musicians that I'd make the like in Def Leppard, but in the pop world, it's a totally different thing. Pink, and then it was Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga, who've actually gone into print and said, love them. I wonder whether or not the metal fraternity, there's an, uh, a sense of, or maybe an element of jealousy there. There's a certain element, and it's not all of them, but there is a certain element that just go, if it's, if it's got harmony, it doesn't count. We are as equally influenced by the Beach Boys as we are ACDC. In yeah. fact, to us, if you put the two of them in a bucket and stir it round, you actually get Queen with a bit of Liberace thrown in the <laughs> Chuck was in that bucket as well, and you know, that's where we get it all from. You know, we've always wanted to have a power of a band like ACDC, which shone through on albums like High and Dry and certain tracks on Pyromania and Hysteria. We always wanted to have a broader kind of canvas to paint on than ACDC have. It's such a pleasure to talk to you, mate. My pleasure. Can't wait to come back. Joe Elliott from Def Leppard speaking exclusively to the rubber end. Do you ever have that feeling that something's crawling on you? And I'm just, I keep touching my arm. I'm like, my God, maybe it's a spider and I, I can't find anything. And, <laughs> it's freaking me out. And today I spent about two hours trying to find the residents of Chelsea and Main Street in Memphis, Tennessee, who've got a kilometre-long spider's web in this street. And I went through the yellow pages and the white pages because there was a woman in there, and I tell you, she was great. She's like, I can't believe it! There's spiders everywhere! Well, you saw the video. Yeah, it was brilliant. I also spent about two hours trying to find <laughs> to get today. the damn women. Maybe tomorrow we'll have the residents of Chelsea and Maine in Memphis, Tennessee, who can get on. Do you see it with the shoe? Yeah, I loved that bit. What have you got there? So, Elliot just sent in a metal cover song, and it's Barbie Girl. Do you want to hear oh, it? Oh, do I ever. Hang on, then. Hit me with that thing. Playing it through the intercom. Hang on. All right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Tomorrow night. Thank you, Elliot. Really appreciate you doing that. Hey, Mr. Inappropriate, can you do this thing for me? Because I need to... Well, you know what I need to do. And now, listen, as Ugly sucks up to someone who he needs a favour from. Yep. Yeah, that's about the size of it. Hello? James Rain, it's Ugly Phil. Phil, how are you? Listen, I know you're in town on Friday. Yeah. We've got a fantastic balcony here at Triple M. Is it rubber? You know how this works. Oh, I got you. I know the name. I thought, well, that's in the title. I mean, you've turned up at gigs before and said, I don't like the carpet. Next thing you know, brand new shag pile. <laughs> there you go. So you know where I'm coming from. Would you mind yes. playing a few songs live on the balcony Friday night? No worries. That sounds like a very good idea. I'd love to. Geez, that was easy. Supposed to put up resistance. <laughs> yes, no, I was no, expecting some. Would you like to buy a 1984 Kingswood, only driven twice? <laughs> How's the Christmas song going? I've finished it. I've got to get someone interested. Okay, well, maybe we can work something on the balcony Friday. One of the girls around the office. Maybe someone might turn up. Yeah, totally. The audience. What yeah. songs would you like to do? sure that some people at Triple M will have some ideas. Oh, you they? bet you'll be here for an hour if you take all of their requests. Can you do The Power of Love by Huey Lewis? <laughs> well, I probably, probably can. Okay, here's what I'd like to hear. Maybe some classic Oz crawl. Don't you be so. And then maybe the brand new stuff as well. Pain in the ass, that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, you know, sure, I'd love to do pain in the ass. We'll do pain in the ass. We, absolutely. We're very malleable, very flexible, and we'll do whatever feels good at the time. I can barely contain myself with the excitement. I'll see you Friday with the rubber. I'm going to give people the uh, tour details as well for James Rain, who will be here as our rubber band Friday night in the rubber room at Triple M. In fact, on the rubber balcony. We like to give tributes and give a bit of a homage to rock legends when the opportunity presents itself, and it has, and tonight, it's placebo. Mr. Inappropriate. You know that friend with weed who's better? Well, call me Saturday night, ugly. Now in the rubber room, it's rock legends placebo. Brian Molko from Placebo. How are you, man? I'm very good, thank you. How are you, Phil? Great, great to see you again. Congratulations on the new album. We talked about this, um, and I mentioned that it's a change of pace for you. We've become comfortable with who we are yeah. as a band. We went through a traumatic divorce 2007. Yeah. It was very, very traumatic, which led on to a great deal of animosity and court proceedings and things like that. So when we regrouped in 2008 with a new drummer, it was very, very much about trying to find a new identity, you know. So I think Battle for the Sun, Loud Like Love's predecessors, is the sound of a band trying to find themselves again. Well, I discussed with you before about the barriers that Placebo have broken down, the stereotypes throughout the last 10 years. You really were up against it for so long. Well, I don't know. I'm from the Andy Warhol school of attitude towards publicity and press. You know, Andy Warhol said, don't read your press weigh your press. I find that it makes me very, very self-conscious if I take really any notice whatsoever of people's reactions in the media to what we do. I'm already hypercritical and quite a self-conscious person, so uh, it would turn my head into even more of a whirling dervish. If I took on board everybody's like opinion and criticisms and things like that. I thought that was grist for the mill and perhaps even fuel for the fire for you back in the early days. Well, I guess we were very open and very honest in the early years, but I think that that was born out of a great deal of naivete and bravado, you know? For me, the process of creation is, is something that I still find very, very satisfying, and I still really like connecting with an audience. Man, it's great to see you again. Happy 20th anniversary. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go, Placebo, our rock legend tonight on the Rubber Room at Triple M. I was just talking to Susanna off air a moment ago, who just rang up to tell me about it. Well, I've been seeking her for a while, but she finally called back about this website she's got. Can you tell us about it here? Well, I've been writing about the adult movie industry for about 13 years, and there isn't a lot known about... Who are all these guys who are consuming pornography and why are they watching it? So I started this website called Letters from Men Who Watch Pornography and started soliciting letters from men on the internet asking them why they watch porn. Okay, and what have you learned? Men are strange. They um, like to masturbate. Well, everybody's got to have a hobby. (laughs) Some of the men that I'm hearing from are addicted to porn, so I'm I'm hearing a lot from the far end of the spectrum. Right, and when they're addicted to it, I mean, how often a day do they watch it? I don't know. I'm guessing like a dozen times or more. (laughs) That's some serious exercising there. They could hurt yourself. And what else did you learn? Well, I think um, men watch porn because they're lonely and they're looking for a connection with another person. I think a lot of men watch porn because they're stressed and they're looking for some kind of a release. So to speak. And I think they're doing it to make themselves feel better. See, when I watch it and I see the other men, I don't feel better at all. I feel somewhat underwhelmed or perhaps under-equipped. 
just try focusing more on on the women would be my advice to you. Oh, that's where I've been going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if you had some kind of really weird and perhaps some pervy letters as well from people who've got the wrong end of the stick. Yeah, there's a guy who's a virgin and he's in his thirties and he's addicted to pornography. And but I, I try and be sympathetic and open-minded. You get the random letter every once in a while. That's the guy who's clearly just writing the letter to generate his own masturbation material. Sure. What do you do? Like Tell it, him to pull the other one. Um, no. I just ignore them. Any of them ask your advice? No. They, they kind of act like I don't exist. It's kind of like being a priest and these people are confessing and you just kind of listen to their confession. Most people don't really relate to me at all in the process. And they, okay. I don't think they want to communicate with me. Hey, Susanna, really nice to talk to you. Thank you. Well, there you go. You know, sometimes I just feel like there's just so much beauty in the world. I, I just feel like my heart's going to explode, man. You know how I've been searching record stores to find the next vinyl LP that we're going to play on a Friday night? Yeah. Haven't found one yet. However, I did find a 1950s record. This is going to be the creepiest thing you're ever going to hear. And it's aerobics for women. So you, you ready for this? Okay. I want you to go down on your knees. What? Tighten your inner muscles as tight as you can. Hold and slowly release and relax. <laughs> Tighten again. Hold. I'm tightening. And release. Release now. Tighten. <laughs> Hold. And slowly release. I don't know yeah, what the hell you're exercising here. Faster now, darling. Faster, darling. Tighten. Release. As you do the next step, I want you to feel all the muscles in your thighs working. <laughs> oh, dear. Raise your buttocks up. Lower down onto your heels. Down. And out. In. Now, relax, my love. <laughs> I love. So today when I was in the hand hospital and they had the radio on in the background, they were playing another radio station. And I've got to be honest with you, anything that's not Triple M is just horrible. And you'd probably agree with that, and that's why you're here. And they had, I don't even know what it is. Is it uh, Iggy Azalea? Am I saying that right? Um, Iggy Azalea's? Right, okay. Something? I, know. I don't know. There's only ever one Iggy, and that's the pop. But anyway, and they were playing this. It was... Look, okay, you know, each is to each his own, right? It was horrible, man. Anyway, I've dug it up for you. This is Iggy, not Pop. And I know you're thinking to yourself, what the hell is going on there? Is she okay? Throw some water on her for Christy's sake. So anyway, I thought uh, in the interests of the future of society, and the fact that some of us still want to have sex, I thought I would actually uh, break that down so that you can understand what's really going on there. So, he, what do you say? How do you say that again? A Iggy, Iggy Azalea. All right, here I is think. Iggy Azalea uh, unplugged. Sweet Tide Rats. Going to the Parpat Boon. Don't chili groan, don't you know? Push my point. Gotta pick me a joint. Gotta twist this beat. I'ma sprain my joint. Straight crack rat. 
Word to the Popeye, Hunan to the Rancid. Word to the Popeye, Hunan to the Rancid. Piss for point, gonna piss me a joint. Piss for point, gonna piss me a joint. Gonna twist this bee, I'ma spring me joy. Gonna twist this bee, I'ma spring my joy. Straight crab rap. So there you go. You may find this a bit disturbing. He helped me. No! The Rubber Room.